This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Dave Jones, it's Blue White Breakdown time. Speaking of, you just did Mid-State, man, whether the people realize that or not. And that's a perfect lead-in to my first question for you. How many How many uh, people that subscribe to our stuff and read your column, uh, and I know that there's a lot of them, how many of them knew who the heck Slytherin was for your Big Ten Power Poll? That is, just, that's a really that's I a just, really good question. I just yeah. looked it up. I didn't you, I didn't know you were going to go uh, Harry Potter on on the Penn State football fan base, and I'm sure there were some people short circuiting. I thought it was a creative idea, but that's <laughs> that's one for the books, my man. If if you don't know what Slytherin was, it was kind of the the the. I wouldn't say evil, but they certainly were the antagonist. Uh, frater- it, it, everything is like fraternity houses in Harry Potter. And it's all a giant school. And yet there's, there's the, the kind of good kids and the not so good kids who are conniving and scheming. And, and that reminded me of Michigan. And if you don't know anything about Harry Potter, you're just not going to get it. But this, this, my son did this, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, that is Jim Harbaugh as Professor Snape, <laughs> Severus Snape, and J.J. McCarthy. For the <laughs> listeners, there is a nice pic. You can see it on Penn J.J. <laughs> McCarthy as uh, Draco Malfoy, <laughs> who's who pretty much the Eddie Haskell for, for a generation who could, couldn't identify with anything else. Of the Slytherin house. I'm just house imagining. I'm just imagining like the the over sixty five crowd <laughs> looking forward to the Big Ten power poll, and they read the headline. I don't know what he's doing. And they and and their brains fall. They 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 slide out one of their ear holes. It's just like, right. what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick found Nick found an AI site that did that, which is pretty cool. I mean, he knew where it was, and it used to be you'd have to use a. a some sort of computer program, some sort of um, graphic program to do something like that. Not anymore. You set, anyway. set the bar high for the power pole moving forward. I'm just going to tell you that after, the, after that one. There's not much more moving forward in case All you didn't right. know. Hey, hey uh, Dave, I wanted to say I know we're going to get to our thoughts, but why don't we just uh, – I, I, I put out on a subtext to our subtext, subtext base, hey, we're going to do this podcast. You guys, questions and comments, keys to the game. And I looked, I looked through them as we talk about Michigan invading Beaver Stadium at noon on Saturday. Um, and there's a couple I thought that really we were going to talk about anyway. So why don't before we get to what we think, how about I ask, I, I bring up some uh, <laughs> some comments, and, and I want to get your reaction to them. How about that? All right, this is from uh, this is from John Graham, one of our uh, one of our text subscribers. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to look for his comment. Uh, here he goes. One key to the one key to the Michigan game is controlling JJ McCarthy. By far the best quarterback we have seen. Pass rush blitzes must get to JJ. The problem is if you blitz him, you got to get through that offensive line. Dave, what do you think about trying to pressure? It's one thing to pressure uh, Talia Tago Vailoa. It's another thing to try and pressure this guy. What do you think about trying to come after him? I think they have to create third and sixes. 
And and I don't know if they can because Michigan's Michigan's got a pretty offensive line. You know, when they pull and block or run counters and that stuff, it, they're really fun to watch. But they've been playing nobody. And I can't get a bearing. You can watch them and watch them and watch them, but they've played nine games. And you don't know what this offensive line is going to do against a, a defense like Penn State's because the closest they've played to Penn State is Rutgers. Rutgers is the best team they've played, and it's not even close. Everybody else in their Big Ten schedule, you can make a pretty good argument that it's it's all second division teams if you put Minnesota in the second division. Certainly, certainly the other four, uh, Nebraska, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, it's the bottom of the barrel. So you, I can't possibly calibrate what's going to happen you know what it reminds me of? I, I, I tried to text Frisco to ask him a question. But you probably, you might be able to come up with an example of this right away. Can you remember like 20 or 30 years ago when we were both doing high school football where we do playoff games and there would be this dynamo high school team that had just beaten everyone by 100. And then they get into the playoffs and you really, they might have such arrogance and confidence that they just keep rolling kind of like Berwick didn't that happen to Berwick a couple times and they don't play anyone all year and then you get into the playoffs and you don't know what's going to happen this is this is that to me um so sure everyone wants to get pressure on the quarterback that's all the time but this is the best Michigan quarterback they've had certainly in the Harbaugh era um because JJ is better than he was last year He's better than Cade McNamara was two years ago. He's certainly better. You know, I'm picking out the three best Michigan teams. He's certainly better, I think, than Wilton Spate on the 2016 team. And you remember that team was ranked second in the nation. And and I I made that that example, them as an example of the kind of game that Penn State has to play to win this is that Iowa game. That we watched. Where were we? Is a bar in uh, Indiana? Someplace. 2016 was the year, and it was a night game. I do remember that. Yeah, and we were at a noon game, and what? And where were we? Indiana. I yeah, it was. It was probably we went to Indiana like seven times that year. So it was probably one of the <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> I think we were at Indiana. We came back, and we were all done. We get to the bar, and Michigan's. You know, I was hanging in there against them, hanging in there, but they they had Wilton Spade at quarterback, not JJ McCarthy. <laughs> So to to the the point of our reader, he is much better than anything they've had at quarterback recently. And, you know, even the 97 team, Brian Greasy, I think J.J. McCarthy's better than Brian Greasy. I think he's the best Michigan quarterback ever. I do. And they, what about they, Tom well, not Tom, Tom, not Tom what, Brady, but I'm talking about, about a really good team. What about Drew Henson? What about John Wangler? Yeah, John Wangler, Chad Henney. Uh, I think he's better than all of those Todd guys. Buck. He's better. He's better than <laughs> Todd Collins. I mean, you can keep going and going and going because they've got a, a lot of guys who played in the NFL. A ton of guys who played in the NFL. But but Tom Brady maybe at the end of his career when he beat Alabama and uh, what was that an Orange Bowl his final game? yeah yeah uh, maybe that but but. All things considered, I think he's the most well-rounded, uh, dangerous quarterback because he can throw on the run. He can throw quickly. He makes good decisions. Right now, he's playing 
as well as any Michigan quarterback I've seen and I've been watching the Big Ten 55, 60 years. Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. And and James even said it. He he, you know, he uh he said, you know, they they just haven't, they've been on time, they've never been behind the chains, they've never really been uncomfortable. And that's the thing. They haven't been uncomfortable. And it, I think they will be uncomfortable at some point. I, I really do. And it's not, it's one thing to be uncomfortable in the first 10 minutes of the game. We're talking about the second half, you know, into the third quarter with the crowd roaring. Can Penn State get the game like that? If they can, they have a shot. If, if it's going to be, if they're down 10 at halftime, it, it's just not going to happen. And we forgot Elvis Gerback. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget him. yeah there's they're short on vowels in that name it's like g-r-b-a-c <laughs> they were missing a vowel i i just think that it would have been a lot better chance for penn state if they'd had a, a nighttime whiteout i really do I, I i think the noon atmosphere is much better for michigan and maybe that's crazy but that's what won that Ohio State game. It really did. Once they got the block field goal in 2016, that that crowd took them home. And and I I don't know if that can happen yeah. in this game. Plus, that wasn't that great of an Ohio State team. That was the other thing. I didn't think. This, um, this is a good were, Michigan team. They were pretty good, man. Except that that they got they got housed by Clemson. Yeah, and I was gonna say they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. You're right. All right, Dave. Well, this is from Lewis Zelensky. We were going to get to this anyway when we, when, as we preview the game. Is Penn State's offensive line going to be able to give Drew Aller time and also afford Katron Allen and, or Nicholas Singleton a crease to gain four or five yards on a consistent basis? And That's a very good question, and I think it's the question of the game. It's it's those that's that's one matchup that's not good for Penn State. Uh, the other one I think would be Penn State's wideouts against Michigan's secondary. That's a mismatch, and those two things are not good. Uh, they're both on offense. The only thing that Penn State can do is hit quick strikes over the middle to their tight ends on first down. I think that backs up Michigan's safeties. I mean, if they if Michigan's safeties get a chance to creep up and start and start cheating toward the line it's over if and and i don't think penn state can establish can do this 1960s nfl thing where you you remember they always used to say they have to establish the running game that isn't going to work against these guys i don't think um they got guys running around mikey saner still i mean a former slot receiver has turned into a really good player um but also chris jenkins and and Jalen Harrell made uh, some great plays in that Purdue game. But every time I see it play like, wow, then I remember they're playing Purdue. You know, they're playing arguably the worst, the, the worst team in the league right now. Uh, and they've played all these awful teams recently, Michigan State and Indiana before that. Um, they just haven't been challenged. Uh, so I don't. I can't possibly gauge what's going to happen, but that's a very good question. Whether Penn State's offensive line, if they could get a draw in this game, Bob, right? That that would be huge. And I just don't know if they're capable. I mean, their interior offensive line, Michigan's tackles and guys up the middle, they they run a lot of stunts and they bring their ends up the middle. If they don't if they don't handle that stuff, it could be real bad. 
Yeah, I agree, Dave. That was a good question. Let's get to one more, and then uh, we're going to get into some of the things we think. I have a bonus uh, tech subscriber question for you, Dave, at the end of this podcast, because I think it's right up your alley. You're going to enjoy it. I'm going to save it, but I just want to remind everyone that's listening to this podcast, if you want to be one of our uh, tech subscribers, um, the number to, to call to kind of join up, 717-912-9969. We enjoy interacting with you guys. I think, Dave, I think um, they've gotten really good as they've gotten better at it as as the year's gone on. I really enjoy some of their comments and some of their questions. They're not really out of left field. Um, so it's enjoyable kind of, and we get a lot of the same people and it's a pretty wide base. And we get a lot, we get to hear from a lot of the same people. I think they've had some good comments. Keep it up guys. One more for you, Dave. Um, uh, this is from Jeff high. How do you see the matchup between Michigan's passing game and PSU's secondary playing out? Um, it's a good question because, uh, McCarthy's completing passes at like 75%. They have the, the one, their one receivers got 10 touchdown catches but again Dave it's 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 you know I don't know how scary this UM passing game is it, it wasn't the passing game that got Penn State last year and they, I mean I just thought it was ordinary but I think against some of these secondaries that are so worried about their running game <laughs> they're just leaving some wide open space in the back for them to complete these passes maybe PSU secondary is a better matchup because they're going to play aggressive man-to-man and put more guys in the box what do you think I I if you remember what happened last year, they just ran at him yes. and, and took care of business at scrimmage, and that was kind of it. Why wouldn't they not do the same thing this time? I, I don't think it's necessarily germane unless they force some third, third and sixes. Um, they're going to do what they did before and see if it works again. Um, not only you got Blake Horn, but you got Donovan Edwards finally playing pretty well. He was looking like Nick Singleton in the middle of the season. Lately, he's kind of come along and been more dynamic. You might want to explain that since you brought it up, so let's get into it. Okay, well, Donovan Edwards was not getting the ball a lot um, when they were running him. He's he's kind of like the change-up back to Blake Coleman. Um, and he just looked a little listless and disinterested and not as dynamic as he has been. They started running him on – slot routes and even wide routes shift him out of the backfield and treating him almost as as like a a, a y receiver x receiver and it's i mean the, the last game against purdue he ran straight down the sideline and beat there was there was a uh i think it was a, that the the kind of a star they have purdue has a a guy who's a little bit blocky who is scrambling out to get him and they snapped the ball, and he wasn't quite out there. I mean, he's a guy you have to to cover. So he's he's a he's a concern right now. Um, it's kind of the way I think Singleton should be used with Penn State, but they really haven't done it uh, to speak of. They haven't gotten in the ball when they have done it. Um, they got and Roman Wilson is just gets better and better and better. The guy you were mentioning, he's he's probably as good a receiver as they've had in in the Harbaugh era. And they had some other guys, but they didn't really use them effectively um, under other. It's funny. Harbaugh has kind of hit his stride, and I know he has control of the offense. But when Josh Gaddis got fed up with him and they didn't really mesh, and he was supposed to come in, remember, and run some sort of spread option. 
And and Harbaugh is Bo Schembechler. I keep telling that to, to people, but he kind of is. And it wasn't him. And they finally couldn't. They were at loggerheads all the time. And, you know, Josh is now in Maryland, and that's probably where he belongs. He can do what he wants to do. And and Michigan's got Sharon Moore as a, a former offensive line coach, essentially running, running play calling. Uh, but I'm sure Jim has a lot of say in it. But that's Michigan's personality. They found their personality. That's the stuff he wanted. To, he did it at Stanford minus the big fullback. But it's it's smash mouth football with some augmentation. And they <laughs> they are really impressive right now on offense. Granted, against crap competition. That's that's what we just don't know when presented with a really good defense. What's going to happen? Yeah. Dave, there's two things I definitely want to get to you. And one, uh, you brought up Singleton. Uh, James was asked on Tuesday about the two RB committee, which essentially Penn State fans have figured it out. Like they are, they are not going to deviate. They're going to give, they're probably going to start the game with Katron. He's going to get two series. And James said, then they're going to go to Singleton for two series and see how it, it, it shakes out. Well, I think it's already shook out, Dave. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the upside of 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 not leaning heavily on Katron Allen, especially against a defense like this. My my opinion is that after after nine games, there's there's nothing else to see. I don't think anything's going to change. And would you not play Nick as much, or would you do different things with him? When he's I mean, in you there? could try different things with him, but he, he, the thing about Edwards is, I think he is an athlete who can be. Um, a player that can be like that in space. When I look at Nick, he's just a he's he is a big guy. Like he's every bit of whatever they list him at 220, 225. I don't know that he is, I don't know. I just don't know that he's got the agility to maybe to do some of those things. But if you get him in if you can get him in space with the ball, it's gonna be tough to catch him from behind. But he he, he can't create his own he cannot create his own space, Dave. And I just think it's unfortunate, but I, I don't know how how they're going to. I just think it's almost a waste of two possessions to have him in the game because he's if you need two yards, somebody I think Donnie Collins said it on Saturday. If you need two yards, Nick will get you two yards. If you need four yards, Nick's going to get you two yards. So <laughs> I, I think that's what it's come to. And I, and I know he's a he's a he's a unique talent, but it has not happened this year. And I think Katron's got to be the guy. What do you think? Yeah, I hate to pile on, but I'm going to. I mean, every time I see a pile move and a guy's gotten more yardage than I thought he got, it's Allen. And every time I think he's gotten less yardage. He carried the whole Maryland he, team into the end zone. On yeah, it's, it's Singleton. I think Singleton's gotten four and he's gotten three or, or three and gotten two. And Allen's the opposite. He finishes runs. Uh, so I can't disagree with you. I'm just talking about. I think he's a valuable piece. I just would never run him between the tackles anymore. Why? Run him on wheel routes, but do some gadget stuff with him, but don't do this anymore because it's not working. It's certainly not going to work against these guys. These guys, they are very aggressive in the front, and if they sense any weakness, they go for the jugular, man. They start loading up and coming after you. They're a lot like Penn State's defense that way. Um, Penn State has to be assertive. And back off those safeties right away. I just think the only answer is quick pops uh, down the seam over the hashes to the tight ends. 
You've got to do something in the middle of the field, and they can't get anyone open down the middle of the field with their wideouts. I mean, they, you can try, but I don't think it's going to happen against the secondary. Uh, it's it's a it's a problem. I mean, they can't make. On the one hand, they can't make mistakes that give Michigan seven points. On the other, they have to do something to, to keep in the game that give them, give themselves a chance. They got to score twenty, don't you think? They got to score twenty to have a chance. So it's it's a very tough problem. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Uh, I think some of the fans are probably, and I was, I, I was impressed with how Drew played against Maryland. He, it was, it was, it was his. He was never, he was not rattled. I know it was Maryland, right? But he looked, he looked comfortable, and he put the ball almost, I would say, ninety percent of the time, exactly where it needed to be. But one of the things I wanted to bring up with you is. Uh, Michigan's Michigan's uh, defensive coaches are not idiots. Uh, I say that because I'm pretty sure Maryland's are. James, <laughs> James, oh. they they stayed in uh, coverage zero the whole game, which which means there was no one deep. There was not a soul deep when they wanted to throw the ball. It was kind of an unfounded arrogance, wasn't Drew, it? Drew it just, took a look at that and said, yeah. "Look." I'm feeling it. Your cover guys aren't that great, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep chucking it deep. He was locked in, and you know they paid a price because he was locked in. I mean, a lot of those he could have had over 300 yards. There were some drops in that game. There were some there were some there were some really tight coverage, but he threw the receivers open. I don't think I don't think Michigan is gonna do that. They're gonna mix their coverages. They're gonna yeah. give Drew a lot to think about. I don't think he had a lot to think about. The way that Maryland played defense, they they would just they were daring him to throw deep. Once they got a lead, he said, "All right, here you go." Stop when it. you when you press and bring your safeties up like that, you should get some pass rush, shouldn't you? Yes. You, you, you should, and they didn't get a thing. I mean, he was in an easy chair all day. It was like the worst of both worlds for that defense. It's just not very good. I mean, they they have been better um, under Brian Williams that DC this year early in the season. They were pretty damn good against Ohio State for, for about two and a half quarters. But I think that they're a shot fighter at this point. And the Maryland we the Maryland defense we saw just wasn't very good at all. And the offense was worse. It, it's, it's very hard to gauge what's going to happen in this game because the Big Ten is so bad. I mean, it's just god-awful. I think Rutgers is the last good team in this league and they're 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 the fifth i i kid you not they're the fifth best team in this league that's they're the fifth best team in this league they are the fifth best team in this league and after that uh, you just (laughs) just palms up wisconsin is no good uh you know what iowa is and i was the fourth best there there just is nothing there and week in week out everyone's playing this slop i mean it's like american athletic conference stuff it's some of it's worse. I mean, you get bent down to the bottom. It's like the Sun Belt. And I don't know. I, I can't know what's going to happen until I see what kind of fizz Penn State's defense has against McCarthy. Because he hasn't seen anything like this. And we'll see. You know, he made mistakes at the end of the last season. He threw two pick sixes against Texas Christian that were the difference in that game. We will see. He looks terrific right now. Um, okay, so why don't we do this? I want to before we get to our picks. This is not 
I think you're gonna like you're gonna like this day. One more subtext uh, uh, commenter, Peter Key uh, had this for you, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. I want to thank Dave for spreading the word about the Ferentz line, which the Iowa Northwestern game went under like a ten year old gymnast goes under a limbo bar. Way as, under. <laughs> as David Burge, whose X handle is Iowa Hawk Blog, uh, and who specializes in identifying old cars and pictures people post to him, noted yesterday the five lowest over under games in the history of football betting have all included Iowa, all in the last two years, and all but one have hit the under. <laughs> that's like that's that's like uh, Tony Sinisi stuff. He would have he would have given me that. And Tony Sinisi, I have to credit our buddy, our former Vegas odds maker, who's originally from Altoona, gave me this line a few a few days ago, and he said, "I've come up with it. You know, you've heard about the Mendoza line. <laughs> old old heads baseball guys will remember the Mendoza line, named after Mario Tom Pachoric thought that up." when they were both on the uh, expansion Mariners, I think it was, in like 1980. And Mario Mendoza was the, was the shortstop who couldn't hit over 200. He was seen as the, th that was seen as the bottom of the barrel back then. Of course, now we got Schwarber hitting 197. <laughs> but back then, it was considered just the bottom of the barrel of where you could survive on a, on a, on a major league roster. Hitting 200 was the Mendoza line. Well, the Ferentz line, is 30 <laughs> 30 on the over under and tony told me and he's an old vegas odds maker who knows this stuff that used to be he said dave it used to be back six eight years ago not not long ago at all that 35 was considered the absolute basement and now brian ference has rewritten the records he's rewritten the record book and <laughs> And Tony submitted that we start calling this the Ferentz line, which would be 30 from now on. So that game against Northwestern was at the Ferentz line. Where did it, where did it settle? 30 and a half before the game? Was uh, that right? I, yeah. and, well, there was it was 0-0 zero, zero at halftime. And I think Johnny McGonigal <laughs> looked up the live over, and I think it was 14 and a half at halftime. <laughs> and it ended ended 14. So yeah. what what did it, it, was, what did it end? But I mean, that's just 17. That's, yeah. That is ridiculous. And I did you see the black and white silent movie made out of it? Yeah, you showed it. To <laughs> somebody somebody put the put the film in in black and white with like grainy, like 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 lint and stuff on it and put a like a ragtime soundtrack. This, this is it. the worst the Big Ten West has ever been. Right. You can't there can't have yeah. been a worse. Big Ten it's, left season. It's going out on the bottom, man. It's going out <laughs> as bad as it can get, and there won't be any more division. Are you gonna yeah. do uh, for the? Are you gonna do a reverse power poll where you rank the rank the teams from worst to best in inverse order or something like that? Well, I kind of do that anyway because I start back back to front, like bottom bottom to top. The first ones I mention are always the worst teams, and and there's been a battle for the worst team. I mean, I've probably had five you different. Put your worst money teams. on it right now. Is it Purdue? Boy, I gotta, I gotta look at the schedules. I'm gonna have to go look at the film, Bob. Well, I can't, this, this uh, feels like a, I just gave you a three day project. I apologize. <laughs> I, didn't, you know, I did not it, do that to you. It's up for grabs. I think Illinois is gonna make a move. They've been down there. I think Northwestern likes their coach. Uh, Nebraska's got such an awful schedule. They they would have had a chance to win win the division. You know, if Northwestern can simply pull that game out and it was there. It was there for the taking. 
we would have had a five-way tie for first place at three and three uh, for, for the league. With And Northwestern could conceivably have had won that division. That's how bad it is. Yeah, I'd go with Purdue. I'd yeah, go with Purdue at this point. Yeah. Those ratings for the Big Ten title game this year are just going to be really, really, Through the roof. really yeah. good. Really. <laughs> Nebraska's still not out of it, Bob. Yeah, no. gotta, I was disheartened. I knew, I knew they kind of were running on fumes, and it, they they were doing it. You know, they were kind of doing it with duct tape. But I thought they yeah. could beat Michigan State. I was I was got to play <laughs> Rutgers. <still in> the <laughs> <race>. <laughs> hey, you laugh. I'll load up on Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers. It's in Iowa City. It's in Kinnick. But Rutgers is a pretty good team right now. I'm telling you. If they had like Mike Teal at quarterback, they could have won that Ohio State game. That was a ball game. It was it was a, a one score game in the fourth quarter. They are much better at scrimmage. They are legitimately the the fourth or fifth best team in the league right now. And the the team they're battling with for that honor is Iowa. I mean, they're they're right there. Twenty eight and a half for the over under or lower. Iowa. What Iowa. is it? Did you did you look? No, this weekend. Yeah. I'll look right now. All right. All right. You talk about Slytherin right now, and I'm going to look it up. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. You're not that quick. Come on. <laughs> I can get it into like 30 seconds, man. Hold I'm, on. Not a, I'm not a Harry Potter ophile. I'm not. I'm just not. <laughs> I was, what, about Penn, what about the 68-year-old Penn State fans that read that headline? They're like, oh, my God. Jones has lost it. Doris. What come in here. Slytherin. You Come in here. You understand this? What did he do now? Where's Where's Katie? Can we did get he her on the phone? Us wrong? Uh, I, I, right, I don't looking. know. Is it a night game? It's definitely this week, right? Yeah. All right. I'm looking. I'm looking. They're at Iowa. Um, is it a night game? Please tell me, dear. I don't guys. know, man. I don't oh, know. Here it is. Yeah, I found it. The total's 29. Wow. We're even lower. Yeah. That and opens. Iowa is getting one point right now. So what the, that's 15 to 14. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, yeah. the odds makers seem to have learned they can't go low enough. How low can they go? And it keeps going under every time. That was that was way under. It didn't even struggle yeah. to get under. It's yeah. uh it's actually kind of tragic. Dave, speaking of low-scoring games, I mean this one, I mean, unless there's some mistakes and easy touchdowns, and yet I mean last year's Penn State. Uh, Michigan game felt like it would be pretty low scoring, and they just got gashed, and it was forty-one seventeen. Uh, what what do you think? What's your call for this one? Well, you haven't even mentioned this this scouting scandal. You well, we haven't I mean, even mentioned. What is there really to say at this point? Until they well, have- do you think it's even going to have an effect? That's on on the players because I think not. If no. anything, they're more defiant. Michigan's well, more I mean, and it, it sounds like if anything's going to come down, it's going to be directed at Harbaugh and not the, not yeah. The- and, and and a Michigan person I know said the only effect that well, that'll have is if he gets suspended, they'll get the players they'll they'll get the plays in on time better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to galvanize him, Dave. Honestly, I mean, I mean, he's he's pushing the right buttons, saying you know all the right things. I, I, I think at some point it might wear on them, but we haven't reached that point. And yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's four and a half. Michigan, the line is four and a Michigan, half. Michigan. I'm gonna say Michigan twenty four, Penn State twenty. I think it's gonna look a lot like the twenty one game. What was that? Twenty one seventeen. Twenty one seventeen with that yeah. late touchdown pass. Yeah, those guys collided. 
Uh, Sean Clifford took a beating in that game. Those tackles got just overrun by. Yeah, I think I think Allen's going to take some hits too. He's he's going to have to hang. Yeah, out. he is. And he, this, I mean, there's only so many quick throws you can make. At some point, you got to stand in there and, and and get the ball down the field to somebody. You have to. Uh, I think 2420 is what I was going to say, but since you said it, I'm going to say 25. I'm going to say 2520. You can agree with me. I never will agree with you, sir. Never. You can agree with me. It's okay to agree with me. No, no. Yeah. Plus, I like twenty-five. It's it's one of those numbers that uh, it's not scoregami. Now I sound like you. Uh, no, you're right. I'm going to say twenty-four twenty. I'm going to stick with it. And that was, that, was the score, that was the score I wrote down actually. So I was like, God. Somebody wants his breakfast, so we better, uh, you know. Yeah. He's, he's just coming. Guys, you're up. looking good, my man. You're looking good, and. Uh, Dave, hey, I'll see you up there in a couple of days. What's are you going to leave Brighton early? Or are you going to try and evade traffic and just kind of sneak through the back door? No, for Michigan, you have to you have to grin and bear it. You have to. You got to run your route, buddy. You got to you got to take it as it comes. We're going to go early. We're going to go real early and get yeah. in there. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting game, but I just I don't see a, a, when you start having to to string together ifs. That's yeah. what I was looking at. Yeah. If you keep right. saying if, 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 and you've got four or five ifs, you're probably trying too hard to rationalize a Penn State win. That's the only thing. I yeah. The one, the only one I, the one thing I would say, and I do believe there's some truth to it, is we, you just don't know how Michigan's going to react if they're behind with, you know, 15 minutes to go, even if it's close. So that is a legit concern because that crowd can really impact the game. That's, that's, that is, it is that high school team that's beaten everyone by a hundred because they have not been challenged at all. And I don't mean even in a tight game. I just mean at scrimmage. No, the Rutgers is the only team that's even given them a game and that's and not much of a game. So that's all I can say. All right. See you up there, buddy. All right, Dave, have a good rest of the week. Bye Kaiser. Have a good walk. This has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by Penn live.